this is Steffi and welcome back to our monthly Financial Fox M&A with Tim Brockman, founder and CMO at IMX, a blockchain agnostic platform to regain control of your digital identity. So self-sovereign identity plus blockchain, a big deal right now because your identity, your data is your power and you need to own it. Now, joining on the show with me and team today is Patrick Tobler, CEO and founder of NMaker, a leading NFT platform for creators and brands to launch their own collection, as well as create a custom NFT marketplace by using no-code solutions. So NMaker is the leading NFT platform on Cardano. So Tim and Patrick has been working together on some interesting project that put together identity and NFT. And that's what today we are going to discuss. I have 10 questions for Tim and Patrick as usual. And I hope you enjoy our discussion. If you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel, click the subscribe button now and follow us on social media to stay up to date with our news and interviews. Hi Tim, hi Patrick, how are you? Very good. It's uh, great to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation. And um, yeah, I'm doing very well. I'm in Portugal at the moment, not in oh. Zurich where I'm normally at, but uh, yeah, the weather is good, the place is good, so good life. <laughs> Tim, how are you doing? Yes, I'm fine. I'm uh, yeah, probably, or you know, I'm Dusseldorf, would love to sit next to Patrick in Portugal. <laughs> My holidays will come in one week and or holidays, you know, I will uh, travel with my kids and my wife nice. to Mallorca and uh, have some weeks there with the kids. But then I stay two more months and work for Mallorca. So then Patrick will come. He likes to sit next to me, perhaps. Well, listen, in, in crypto, we are working very hard and today we have got some really cool things to discuss. So, uh, Patrick, you have uh, the one of the leading NFT projects on Cardano and Maker, and also you have been a partner uh, of uh, team at IMAX for a long time. And, you know, team come regularly on our show. We talk about uh, identities, uh, sovereign identity. We talk about KYC. And uh, for this uh, special M&A episode, we wanted to dive deep into the topic of NFT and identity, which is something that team, I mean, team, correct me if I'm wrong, is something that you are really passionate about and you think is very important uh, as well. So, Perhaps, uh, Tim, if you want to add anything, otherwise I would just say maybe yes. to introduce yes. himself and, you know, we can take it from there. I can tell you just a little bit, you know, very short, you know, how we came up with uh, our, why an NFT has to have an identity. That sounds a little bit strange for some people, but it is like the following. We have, um, I have a friend from back in the days, 20 years uh, or 30 years ago, he designed a teddy troop. I have one vinyl toy of him here. You know, the nice vinyl toys with tail troops, you know, this is gunk, but they are very nice. It's troops, but they are no soldiers. They are funny, funny guys, you know, playing around with the pop culture. And we made an NFT project out of it one and a half years ago. And the second marketplace asked us, you have to verify it. And we say, what verify? How verify? Yeah, we, we as a second marketplace, we verify the NFT for you. And the artist was saying, no, I verify my art myself. I do this small troupe since more than 20 or 30 years on trains. He sprays on trains. He makes Converse T-shirts. You know, he's quite a famous designer called Flying Fortress. And then we discussed this with our CTO from IMX, Dennis, and with Patrick. And then we came up, okay, there is a possibility to get the artist and the NFT married. And this is what Patrick will tell you in a technical way. It's quite simple, but it's a nice idea they had. Yeah, um, maybe, maybe before I tell you this, a uh, quick introduction about myself. So I, I'm Patrick, as you already heard. I'm the founder of NMaker. And NMaker is basically an NFT infrastructure startup or web-free infrastructure startup on, on Cardano. Uh, where we make minting and creating NFTs uh, very easy, and we're responsible for almost, uh, yeah, almost 25% of all NFTs on Cardano at this point. So that's that's quite quite cool. 
And essentially, you know, like the verification process, if you think about it, is, is super important for the end customers because they have to know, is it legit? Is it like an actual original or is it not? Is it just a fake NFT? And, and uh, the question is like, how do you actually, as a customer, can verify uh, if something is real or not? Like imagine Paris Hilton, it's always my, my favorite example, but uh, Paris Hilton launching her NFT collections. How, how do I, as a customer, know that this is actually Paris Hilton who is issuing the NFTs? I probably go to a Twitter account or her website or something that I trust, right? And, and then I look it up and I look in her Twitter account and then I buy the NFTs because she tweeted about it. Um, and, you know, the, the same way it basically happens with the marketplaces, like they, they kind of monopolize this verification process. So like each marketplace has their own like verification process and they check if it's legit or not. And um, and then they put a little check mark in there, but that's not really a, a very decentralized way. That's not really a good way for you as an artist to say, okay, I want the users to know that that I'm uh, I'm legit by just having like a centralized platform doing the verification for me. So what what you can do instead, which is uh, what iMix and, and us came up with, is you can basically create a decentralized identity and connect all the information about yourself directly to this decentralized identity. Identity. So for example, it could be your website, could be your Twitter account, could be your Facebook account, could be something else, and you directly link them to the identity, and then you link this identity to the NFT. So that's a, that's a really interesting thing to do, because then what happens is you have actual physical proof on the blockchain that says, okay, these five social accounts, for example, are directly linked with the NFT. And then what you can do as a marketplace is you can just look this up automatically and you just make a little check mark and display, okay, this collection is directly connected with these social accounts. And if you trust the social accounts, then you know you can trust the NFT collection as well. So it's a it's a more like open, accessible, and decentralized way of like actually verifying um, the, the stuff that you do. And uh, I I mean just one last thought, then I, I'll finish off. I'm, I'm talking a lot, but uh, the the interesting part as well is if you think about the like long-term consequence of this, you can do KYB as well. So you can bring businesses into this, and you can say, okay, now we're maybe not just selling like a random collectible or like a random profile picture, but instead we're selling a house as an NFT, or we're selling like a like a bond or something as an NFT. And, and there it really becomes interesting. There you could have digital, multiple digital identities connected to the NFT. You could have like the, the stock exchange connected to it, or you could have like a, a real estate agent connected to it. And then, you know, you can really think about how can we make those real world use cases more, more, more of a reality in the blockchain. You know, this tokenization of real world assets, this is something, you know, we really explore yeah, uh, uh, with IMX, with my company where I'm the founder, and uh, we have on uh, for the Catalyst proposals building. There's you know Catalyst proposals. Should I explain a little bit about this? Because there is a rubric Catalyst proposal decentralized funding platform, okay. and this on this Catalyst Catalyst proposals, there are different categories, and one category is building on NMaker, so building. Um, tools together with Patrick or for the platform NMaker that also shows that NMaker is quite uh, advanced in the NFT business. And we will make a proposal where we uh, tokenize luxury collectibles like Ooh. special okay. handbags. Okay, 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 Tim, wait. This is the question. You know, I want to make the official question of Demi. I mean, because, you know, there have been done uh, uh, lots of work in the fashion industry. I mean, in my other previous life. And uh, the, the problem Me too, is you know. 30 years, 30 years I've been in fashion business. Brilliant. So we all know the issue that, you know, luxury items are very precious. They are very exclusive. But the problem is really to authenticate them, right? Especially when it comes down to a second-hand market. That is a big market. It's a massive market nowadays. So tell me what is your proposal, what you are doing, what you are doing with Patrick to solve the problem of authenticating luxury goods. 
Yes, we have not like we we know that the luxury good we like to tokenize is real. It's there. It's standing in a museum. We are more on the investment way. How can I be having part? You know, if you're a collector of perhaps luxury handbags and you really love there's a bag more than 200,000 euro and you say, oh, oh, I can't afford it. Perhaps, you know, it's too expensive for me. But you like to gamble a little bit and have a good feeling having a small asset, a small part of this handbag. So we know the handbag is in a museum, is within a, in a huge collection. And this is for us, this is uh, today for our model, for MVP, this is datum, it's called. So this is not changeable. The, we know it's real and we know it's stored where it can't be taken away from someone. And then we can fractionalize it with NFTs and sell the single NFT to you. And on a second market, perhaps someone likes to pay more for it. So you have a second market and you do something like investment in a collectible. And you know, the collectible will be bought by an entity and it will be sold by an entity. The entity can be you. You say, okay, I have my handbag. I like to sell it. And you fractionize it first. People invest in the handbag and then you sell your 51%. You have loved less. And, you know, you bought it perhaps for a thousand, you sold it for a thousand to your fans, to the people who buy the NFTs, and then you resell it for 10,000. And the money which come in will be shared with all the people who invested in the fractionalized NFTs of the handbag. And we will do it. We plan to do it with a quiet famous car it's quite it's a very fast and famous car is this an announcement team or something yes kind of you know i will not do too much okay let's not much. spoil let's but not you know more spoil. than anybody else patrick and me we don't know the details but uh, yeah it will be a fast uh quiet old car not too okay. old. is that italian uh let me see no no, no. Okay. No. It's too fast for being Italian. <laughs> it's, uh, it's good German engineering. <laughs> okay. But a very special car. Nobody can buy it. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's it's, not, it's not for sale. It, you can't buy it. You have to... People give it to you if you're a fast driver. <laughs> no, <Okay>. I can't say. <laughs> okay. Right. I have got a question because one of the issues has always been find a way to link identity of a digital item. So let's say that you have got a physical item, you make a digital copy. So you have an NFT, right? Link to a physical. How do you link this verification, this identity between physical and digital? You know, there have been people struggling with, you know, chips that could be scanned. And, you know, it's like this digital link that is, is a challenging. Yeah, that, I, I think that's a really good question, and and there are that that is actually like the the challenging part. And I thought about this for a long time and looked into like many different solutions. Uh, and and you know there there are like a lot of good solutions out there. For example, I actually own a a shirt like a like a an actual shirt um, that has a QR code imprinted, and this QR code links directly to the NFT. So that's that's pretty cool. And that's one way to do it. And there are even other solutions which are more advanced. So I've seen stuff from like a diamond dust that you can Ooh. shoot onto, onto like super high quality stuff, like, uh, I, I don't know, like art pieces and so on. And because you shoot the diamond dust onto them, it generates a unique QR code almost, like a unique hash that is never reproducible because the diamond dust is so like randomly distributed. And then you can scan that and then you can take it and basically put this cache on, on the blockchain and then you have like a one-to-one -one direction uh, and, and link. And that's that's pretty technical and there are many... many and super so expensive, we have to and say. And super expensive, yeah. yeah. So no one is doing it, to be honest. It's uh, not really feasible for most, most projects. But you can basically take this, this is like the top level, and then the lowest level would be to just have a QR code somewhere and in between, there are many different solutions as well. And then digital identity comes in here as well, uh, because what you can do is you can basically look at the piece. And if you have, for example, an audit, then you would create a digital identity for this like audit company that says, OK, this is actually the real piece. This is actually the real property. And then you do connect this with, uh, with the NFT on chain and like, create like a, a link between a physical certificate and the like digital certificate 
but uh, yeah, maybe Tim can, can also say more about that. Yeah, no, it's, it's perfect. You know, we are always looking for the very best solutions to make the connection between real-world asset and the digital twin of it so we can make investments in digital assets. And, you know, all collectors worldwide, they, they, they buy things and they sell it, you know, to get the hunted piece, you know, they, they sell a picture, buy a new one, but they have one picture. Every, every collector is like this. I have my masterpiece. I need to get it. So it's a little bit investing, selling, trading. And we like to do this. We know we, we like to bring this on blockchain. This is the MVP we are doing. And if it's a, if it's a historic race car, if it's a, you know, nice watch, usually the things are a little bit older and you can store them. So if I have a, let's see, a nice, a nice Rolex watch from back in the 50s, you know, a very nice watch. And we need to be sh sure where it is. So Steffi has to go perhaps to her bank and get a verification that the Rolex will be always in this treasure. It will not take it out. Then we can work with it. Then we can digitalize this because Steffi can't run away because the, the bank said, yes, it's here and we will not open it again till Steffi has to present us something. So we need to have this smart contract idea. This is so, so, so difficult to, or it's not possible to transfer it in the real world. And this is where IMX as identity solution and NMaker as the minting machine and the, the uh, uh, how you say, the infrastructure behind the minting process is always, you know, have to talk a lot. What can we do? Where can we take, you know, where we can reach our targets that, you know, we can tokenize nearly everything in the world. You know, imagine you like to build a house, you know, a big house as an investor, 20 apartments are inside. First, you have to finance the floor. You have to finance the architect. You have to finance, finance, finance a lot of things. And it takes a long time. Now say we have a 3D model of this house you like to build and you can sell it with a tokenization. So people can say, okay, I buy the token today, the apartment token, or I buy perhaps just some parts of an apartment. So with, I invest already in the house. It's not even built. But the financial way is I don't need to be a bank to build a 20 apartment floor. You and me, we can do it if we make good marketing and show people, hey, you can invest now and you will have shares of this cool apartment. So this is, you know, freedom for everybody and everybody who likes to work, who likes to do something new, we enable it. And this is something where you always have to do because I have to sell you something like, and so I need to verify myself. This is where the, yeah, this, um, this uh, ghost nobody likes called KYC is coming yeah. into being. We need to identify ourselves because if money involved, there will be not always just legit people involved. We have gangsters involved. So yeah, exactly. we have to verify ourselves. We have to verify the, the internet of things. The things has to be verified and the people. Then we can interact and build up such a, projects. I think a team, exactly like you said, when it comes ownership, it comes identity. And that's why, you know, it's a problem that needs to be solved now. Um, can I tell you something when you say the yes. problem? You know how big the problem is. You know, I just make a note for the interview. The problem is that we have around 6 billion internet users with an average of 80 passwords and 220 user accounts. And these people spend six hours online every day facing conversion breaks, fraud, and all what we don't like. Why? Because the layer of identity, it was never planned for the internet. And the blockchain can change this. So for us talking about web three if you if you really compress it it's web two with an identity layer and some yeah. more features yeah so so yeah. this is always what we have to think about you know that the layer of identity is simply missing and we have to we have to develop this so here i've got a question i was going to ask you later but i think it's the right time because you mentioned about layers so one of uh, the financial fox uh, viewers ask is the identity wallet separate from the ADA wallet where the users all day asset? Okay, this question I think is for me. Um, for sure, you can integrate an ID solution into a payment wallet. Let's say okay. ADA is the currency from Cardano, but we are, Patrick and me, we are very multi-chain, uh, we have a very multi-chain philosophy, but we both started on Cardano. 
and multi-chain is very important in our view. And um, I don't like to be a, a competitor to wallets. You know, there are so many nice wallets with different features and I can do the following. I can call everybody. Hey, do you like to have this bad thing KYC in your wallet? And we say, no, KYC. So I do the following. I make an identity wallet, which stands separate yeah. and inform everybody you can use your own wallet, no matter which one you like to use. And you connect first your payment wallet and then your identity wallet. So first you show, okay, this is my NFTs, ADAS, also NFTs and other tokens. And on the other side, this is my real identity. So you separate the way. There will be wallets in the future which combine payment and identity, but we don't like to do it today. We like to motivate other wallets and that they can come from every blockchain which is existing. This doesn't matter for our identity wallet and just cooperate with them. And if they like to have an identity wallet themselves, they can just adopt our, our tech and uh, that's done. So it's, uh, everything is built on self-sovereign identity. So I think it's the most advanced way to build an identity solution. Okay. Okay. So great. That's, uh, that's very interesting. Now question, why you both choose to build on Cardano? Patrick is longer there. He's younger, but much longer on Cardano than me. So please, Patrick, OG, start. <laughs> OG. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I, I started with crypto in 2017. I, I put like all my savings in there and I was a student, so I didn't really have a lot of money. Um, and then I watched it all go up and then I watched me lose all my money. And then what happened is I, I got interested back then in, in Cardano because of like the core philosophy in a way, yeah. um, because of the like robustness and, and onboarding the real world and, uh, you know, making like leveling the playing field and so on. And then I watched, just watched from the sidelines for the next few years. And I got really interested uh, in Cardano again once the staking part went live. And I realized, okay, wow, now this is actually happening. And now suddenly we have like the most decentralized network out there. And, and that's the reality with the stake pools right now. Um, besides Ethereum and Bitcoin, there's nothing in comparison to that. And, um, and then I decided to, to write my thesis about Cardano and uh, try to, to build some stuff around it. And realized, okay, there's no NFT minting tool, but NFTs are a thing now. So I built it in like a week and it blew up and I realized, wow, this is actually really cool and the community loves it. So let's, let's build tools that make accessing Cardano more easy because it's a, it's a wonderful okay. blockchain. You can do so much with it, but it's also very difficult in comparison to other blockchains. So like NMaker and all the tools that we are building are just there to lower the entry barrier and um, and hopefully get more people to the chain. Yeah, I started with Cardano, you know, I first collecting Satoshi's Bitcoins, you know, and that was it. I had no clue. People uh, annoyed me a little bit, you know, in my other company, we sold mobile phone contracts for several years and the IT people said, hey, do you have a Bitcoin? I said, no, don't bother me. I like different things. I like to touch things and, you know, I spent my my, my money different. Say, please buy a Bitcoin, buy a Bitcoin. Yeah. So I started. And then, you know, I saw it goes up. I was like, wow, cool. I like to have more of this Bitcoin thing. It's magic. And the human greed started to set in and I bought more. And then I saw in a, in a, uh, on a, a journal, on a, a online journal, a guy promoting, hey, I have a stake pool. And with this stake pool, I save the mountains because I built up the huts on the mountains in Austria and Switzerland. And uh, this pool, you know, he don't know me, but I always promote him. This pool is called Alps. And uh, I was saying, wow, you know, you can put money in a pool, get a little bit more money yourself and you can donate it. And as I'm a mountaineer and uh, I was uh, when I was young, a professional paid snowboarder, I said, it is amazing, you know, so we can change the world if we have some money left over. That's cool. And then I talked to my best friend and uh, climbing partner, who is uh, now UX lead in the company Porsche Automotive. You were saying, let's oh, set up a pool. Set team, up a pool. be careful. On yes, what you yes. Say. Ah, okay, I, I, I'm allowed to say it. He's one of my best friends, no problem. And uh, yes, we said, hey, if we build up this pool, I just like to say he's an IT guy. And he was telling, it's very easy to set up a pool. It takes me one day and then the pool is running. And so we set up a private pool. 
and we always planned, okay, what's come out? We give half away to the mount and a half we go snowboarding together. Yeah, and this is the pool. The pool is still running. And this was why I started on Cardano. And, and then I saw after building up the first pool that you can do something called like an ISPO, like initial stake pool offering, where you say, okay, I, my company needs funded. I have tokens. So I give out the tokens to people if they give me their rewards. So I have a stake pool, people delegating their ADA in the stake pool, and they don't get the rewards. They give the rewards to me, and I give them my IMX token. And with this function, which is super unique on Cardano, this is something you know I can just tell every youngster who likes to found a company, do it on Cardano. The stake pool is amazing if your project is good. If your okay. project is like a little bit scammy, nobody will delegate to your pool. But the legit project really got a lot of stake, a lot of delegations. And can you can build up a company very easy. You have already your community because they are delegating in your pool. So that was the reason for us to start uh, building on Cardano. And yeah, next to this nice technique, I was always, you know, a fan of uh, crazy Charles Hoskinson, you know, a very empathic guy, very, you know, crazy. And it was funny to listen to his interviews also. Uh, so yeah. this emotional side and technical side, you know, that reunites on Cardano. I really love the blockchain. Yeah, interesting. You mentioned about uh, donating money. And I think that uh, was uh, part of um, another question that I wanted to ask, because crypto has played uh, a key role in supporting, for example, people in Ukraine with the fundraising of NFTs. And I know Patrick, the endmaker, has been doing some work with the, the UN Refugee Agency. So I would like to give you the opportunity maybe to share what you have been doing. And also, Tim, maybe you can add why identity is playing a role in this. Yeah, first, I would love, you know, that Patrick presents uh, his super cool project. Yeah. Um, so, so the UNHCR has been working with Cardano. Which is what, Patrick? For everybody who don't know what it is, uh, the UN Refugee Agency. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I actually had to learn that at the beginning too. Um, <laughs> but they they've been working with uh, with the Cardano Foundation for a while, and they have been essentially spinning up up stake pools and said, okay, if we can get some ADA and we delegate it to to the stake pool, we can generate a revenue stream that's recurring for the UN and for the refugees, which is very different from how regular, um, what do you call it, regular, you know, charity projects work. They only get like a one-time payment and then it stops. But if you get a payment and it creates passive income, then suddenly you have a lot more and a lot longer uh, an income for them. So uh, so they started doing that. And then they, they wanted to essentially, you know, couple this project with NFTs as well. And they said, okay, let's let's partner with projects in the space and let's uh, figure out a way to make special edition NFTs um, with all these projects and bring them to the physical events where the Cardano Foundation is ex exhibiting. So like um, in Paris, the blockchain week, but also at like all the other physical events that, that the foundation is going to. And they reached out to us and, and we partnered on this. And essentially now we're like launching in regular intervals uh, NFT collections with partner projects from inside the space, but also from outside the space highlighting those partner projects, giving them like a big, big stage to play on, and then basically taking the profits and putting them into the stake pool to generate a long revenue um, curve and, and yeah, basically, you know, in the end, uh, benefit the, the refugees. So cool. It's charity, NFTs, you know, inside yeah. the technique with Cardano stake pools comes together. And I think this is a nice concept of, you know, doing or leading charity to the next level. Yeah, because I think most of the crypto people, they have quite a good outcome. So I think you should give a little bit to others. I think it's very, very good. Okay. So brilliant. I think it's, a, it's such a nice... Uh... Such a nice project. And I think, you know, when you are trying actually to use a technology for goods, that's always something that is worth a mention. Now, um, I wanted to talk a bit about uh, what you have been doing so far, because it was last year in July when uh, uh, I was at IHK and we were looking into all the progress, the proposals in the Cardano community. And there was this 
Chip 066, which is uh, something that um, Patrick, you wrote, was a proposal to the Cardano community. And uh, also, team, you were involved as well. And it was outlining the concept of VNFTs. So let's uh, talk about what VNFTs is and why it's important, for example, for all the brands out there to know about it. Perhaps I can start here, Patrick, from the marketing side or, you know, the commercial side is that, uh, and we, we already, I think uh, in the first part of the interview, we already put this together, that it's very important to verify NFT so people know this is not a scam or copy or anything. And um, you can put a small part into it, into your NFT in the metadata, where, is, where you can prove that the following social or the following credentials like you have, or it's not really a credential, but the, that the social media channels you use, like an Instagram, Twitter, GitHub, Discord, you know, all these channels, you know, belongs to you. Steffi is doing it as for an example. And you yeah. can prove inside the NFT that this NFT is always bounded to this social channels. So to disrupt it is very complicated because, you know, the people must steal who likes to copy your NFT project. They need to steal all your social media channels, which is simply not possible. And we build a decentralized, but what I like a lot with my uh, sometimes revolutionary thinking, we build a disruptive layer on social media channels of highly centralized companies. That's cool. We use them all and decentralize uh, the outcome. Uh, this is something special that you have a real world anchor and build a decentralized tool on it. That was, you know, what I love so much. Verifying, you know, VNFT is verified NFTs. Nothing else, just a small V before it. So, and Patrick and our CTO, you know, I can't code. I'm uh, more the, the, the uh, commercial mansion guy. And uh, Patrick and our CTO built this tool together. And SIP is a Cardano improvement proposal 0066. Yeah, and Patrick, perhaps you like to uh, yeah, add something to what I just informed about. Yeah, the technicality, Patrick, as well. What does it mean? Because, you know, there are metadata involved. I mean, we don't want to be too, too technical, but we want people to understand. Yeah, um, I, I can try. So, so I think Tim explained it very well uh, in, in like the broad terms already. And uh, essentially, I think you know, if you once you create a did, it gets stored somewhere, right? Uh, okay, let's re-explain deeds. Let's just yeah. say again what deeds are. Okay. Once you create a decentralized identifier, the way you do that is basically by connecting information sources together and then creating a document where they're all stored inside. So uh, like, for example, Paris Hilton example again, if I want to connect my, my Twitter account and my website, I put them into this DID and store them in this document. And this DID can be stored in many different ways. It's basically a, a text file, right? That's where, where the information is in and, in and it's verified by a, a third party, which is the DID creator. So that could be, for example, IMX, but it could also be uh, other providers. And there can be a lot of redundancy there to make it decentralized. And, um, and once it's stored, in our case, we store it on IPFS. So we, uh, we say, OK, we upload it to IPFS and we make it public because everyone should know that this NFT collection is connected to this public. Did. And once it's stored, what you do is you basically take the did and you reference to the did inside the NFT policy. So you say, okay, this NFT collection is directly connected to this DID, and then people can just look up the NFT collection, look at the DID, and then they see, ah, okay, here's the Twitter account, here's the website, and so on. And they can verify that these two are really tightly connected. And, um, and I like what, what Tim said earlier, that you basically take the centralized platforms like Twitter, social media, etc and basically make them more decentralized by creating this verification mechanism and creating redundancy as well. And if some, if Twitter falls out, you know, we have all the other social channels still running with your uh, project. And uh, you just looked a little bit like question mark. 
What is a DIT? Yeah, a DIT is a container, I always say, people. It's a container. And inside the container, you can put a file. And into the file, you put the piece of paper. Yeah, like in the normal world. I always like to to explain it like this. So you have the DIT where everything is stored inside, but inside the DIT, inside this container, the, the things are also separated very closely and what, is, what uh, connects to which. So this is uh, uh, quite easier to explain. Yeah? And a DIT, what Patrick said, it's a JSON file that is a text file. And uh, but if you say always oh, a DIT is a container, you will never get wrong, and you will understand more of these uh, perhaps a little bit more difficult uh, texts in, in 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 articles or something like that. Is it correct to say that the DITs contain the policy ID? No, they're referring to it. Yeah, okay. yeah. because it's not inside the DIT if you see it from a technical view. Okay, yeah. and uh, maybe maybe last point to that, I. I like a, the a CIP is basically a standard, right? It's just a standard that you can put yeah. out there. And uh, the way for standards to get, you know, used is to make tools that use them and integrate them and get them adopted. And um, what we did is we, we basically said, okay, let's take the standard and let's make it available immediately. So uh, we decided to integrate it directly into EndMaker. And now in EndMaker, there's just a button where you can click to and it leads to IMX and you can create your DIT there. And it's very easy. It's super easy to do. It's less than three minutes. And, uh, and then you have your DIT connected to your NFT connection, collection. And that, um, that basically means that it's easy to do and that it's actually being adopted. And um, yeah, and hopefully long term, this will be one of the things that just push the NFT space forward. And if you uh, ever make an NFT, Steffi, you have Yeah, to no, no, it. exactly. This, <laughs> I think this, this is an important point that leads to my next question, because one of the problems of an NFT marketplace like and Maker, for example, is that you get sometimes, not sometimes, quite a few times, I fake a collection, right? People, they do a collection, then they run away with the money. And then there is, so who is going to get damaged are not just obviously the user, the buyers of the NFT, but it's also the NFT marketplace, right? A, yeah, your reputation, it goes down. So this seems to be like, is there a solution for this problem? I think uh, I will go give very fast to Patrick. You know, for me, it's like we're making business. If you launch an NFT collection, you are an artist or anybody and you give, there's two things. You give a shit about your reputation. So you are a scammer. You will just pull the plug, goodbye, thanks for your money. But if we take it like real world will do it, I like to know who's launching the project. So I would love that if now you launch a project, Steffi, you are the, the one I don't trust today, not just now, just as a game. <laughs> I don't trust you, Steffi. I like to know who is who you are. And then you say, that was my dream. Okay, I have a KYC, but I don't show you. I have a KYC. Everybody in the world, if I do something criminal, can look into this KYC. Today, I don't like to show who I am because, you know, I'm an artist and you have to judge me as an artist. But if I do something malicious, like I sell out an NFT collection and run away, but before I told everybody in Twitter, Discord and whatever, hey, you will get rich with my collection. Please buy it. I will stay here next two years. I say, hey, Steffi, you lied and you sold me a lie. I like to have my money back. In the world today, this is not possible. And in the world today, people don't like to have a KYC till they get scammed themselves. And then they scream, oh, this project has to have a KYC. I can't reach it now. My money is gone. The mentality has to change. And I hope it will change that the malicious people are too anxious to scam us because I like that everybody onboards and uses brilliant layer of identity in, in the Internet. But I just can do it when people accept there is a hidden, yes, I am me. That's the reason why we call our company IMX, because today I am X for you, Steffi. And if I like to reveal my identity or I have to do it because a judge is telling me you have to open up and now you get, yeah, you get in problems because you scammed your users, your customers. And this mentality has to change. And um, that's not very popular to say it in a, in a, on, a, on a crypto Twitter surrounding. I like to be anonymous for sure. 
and I don't like to be taxes for sure. Yeah, but I have to. This yeah. is, this is, yeah, we yeah, have to. We have to. If we are not paying tax, we are not social. We are, yes. you know, robbers from the past. You know, we go back into uh, human being evolution, and that's yes. something for me. We are in so advanced technical uh, time now, but we are anxious to reveal our identity. It's not fitting, you know. It's yeah. it's yeah, doxing people. Yeah, that's it's super important you, for me. But Patrick, is that something that you see? I mean, uh, the, the, you having integrating in your platform is uh, how is helping you? Give us uh, some some you know insight. Yeah, so uh, you know our our main goal is to attract real projects that are there for a long time and real businesses yeah. that launch NFTs. And um, and for them, it's it's extremely important, of course, to do everything legit and to know that no one else is taking their name and scamming their community, which happens yeah. a lot in the space. Like, you know, there are like a thousand board ape scams and there are like a thousand, you know, fake NFT projects, not not only a thousand, like hundreds of thousands, probably. And, Every um, day. <laughs> yeah, every day. And and you can you can do something against that if you just connect your identity directly to the NFT and then you, you follow this crypto crypto mantra of really putting the decision into the user's hand. Like if they don't want to interact with that NFT collection because you have not done KYC and are not doxing yourself, that's their, their decision, right? They can do that if they want to. But you know, if I want to buy like a really high valuable NFT um, and I think that that it has to be a legit project, then maybe, you know, I would want the project to have done KYC and connected it to uh, to the NFT collection. So it really it really depends on the use case, but it's it's coming more and more important. If you look already, you know, we talked about Immobilia real estate where we know, okay, a scam is very expensive, but let's stay in the PFP world, you know. The, the yeah, that's, that was the question that I was going to ask. I mean, talking about the PFP project, this is, uh, you know, when, when the picture becomes your avatar, then, then we are in a dangerous uh, uh, field, right? Yeah. And why, you know, if you have, you know, we create one of these famous um, Ape PFP collection. And we don't judge if it's art or not, you know, that's not our topic. But, you know, if someone from the project or the project itself shows me this is my super roadmap, one, two, three, I will do this, I will do merch, I will do concerts, I will do art collections, you know, and finally they do nothing. Okay, they scammed me, they scammed me. Well, yeah. I like to get my money back or at least say, hey, come on, you just fulfilled the half, pay half back. Because you stop, you like to escape. I think that will really drive also volume in our market if we are not, if this is not possible. Because if you can't get scammed with crypto, you know how many people will join us? It yeah. will be a mass onboarding, you know, in the, in the first days. If, you, if people understand, if you use the internet with identity right, you can't be scammed. Yeah, yeah. This Question. is something... Important, I think, also to see it, yeah. you know, every scammer takes the value of cryptocurrency away. Oh, yeah, that's that's a very important point. Now, I would like to pick your brain on what is the future of NFTs beyond, for example, PFP, right? Um, what, and obviously we, we are going to say also why identity is important. We already said it, but... Um, where do you see the future for NFTs? Maybe, Patrick, you can start and then Tim can expand on it. The future of NFTs, that's a very hard and difficult question. Yeah. <laughs> but uh -huh. uh, yeah, I, you know, I, from, from day one, I've been saying that NFTs are, are like an amazing technology and they can really be integrated into every aspect of our lives where we interact with ownership. Like if I own anything, I should do it with an NFT because it just makes things better. It makes them more transparent. I can put them in my wallet. I can use them to interact with, with like DeFi applications. I can easily send them from A to B. There are so many advantages to doing that. Um, and I want to have every piece, every item, everything that I own as an NFT and then basically um, be able to to prove that I own it with with this NFT, and, uh, and that's the direction that we're going. Like you know, I'm, I'm I live in Switzerland. The number one topic here is tokenization. So yeah. every like, bank, every large player, they're all putting millions and millions into tokenization, 
And they don't say the word NFT anymore. The word NFT is outdated at this point, but it's the same thing, to be honest. And, um, and they're just trying to find a way to, in a legally compliant way, connect these real world assets with tokens, with NFTs, and then, um, yeah, and then basically, you know, make them accessible. Okay, so tokenization for you. And Tim, yeah. tell us your views on the future of NFTs. So we will tokenize everything with ownership for sure. Patrick is exactly right. And that will come. We will have it in 30 years that everything what we own is tokenized. And we can make use cases where you say, you know, Patrick says DeFi, decentralized finance. It's something, you know, it's a niche of the niche who's playing around with it. But what we all do, Steffi, is we like and enjoy music. And after yeah. Corona, we like more to go perhaps to concert and see live band, you know. So I buy a ticket for my one of my favorite bands, yeah. the Red Hot Chili Peppers, okay? Oh, no, Tim! <laughs> I Are buy a ticket over there. So I have, I have this ticket. Uh -oh. This ticket is 300 euro, okay? And finally, I can't join there. But I have an NFT. I'm super lucky. The Chili Peppers concert is an NFT. So I sell it to Steffi. I can own a little bit. But who should own also? It's the people, the music guys, the artists should own because yes. we already killed the CD, we killed the record, yes. we killed nearly the streaming with a lot of pressure from Apple, Spotify, they're putting on the artists. Yeah? So now I sell Steffi my Red Hot Chili Peppers super concert ticket and she will get it. 6% of this NFT sale will go to the band and to the management of the band and... 1% will go to a charity event because it's all inside the metadata of the NFT yeah. that if I sell to you on a second market, these things will happen automatically. It's a contract inside the NFT and it can't be changed. Yeah. So imagine how we change the world with the black market of music tickets. The black market will be something cool. Why? The band uses money. I can sell very easy and we have a charity component if we like to. So this is for me, it's world changing this, this experiment. And for sure, we are building something like this. But I think, I think Identity is very important. I need to know who is Steffi, who is Tim, that yeah, we really make yeah. a nice sale, which is legit. Yeah. I think what you're saying is that NFTs are a very important part of the creator economy or the future of the digital economy. So that's, yes. that's actually a brilliant point. Another one is Immobilia, what we talked about. You know, you are living, I think, in London. London is really expensive. So if you like to, if you're a student and you like to live in the center of London, it's very tough to find the right apartment for you. But if you can invest with a token, if apartment, if apartment is tokenized, you know, and you start very easy early to invest in these tokens and, you know, you also trade a little bit because, you know, Notting Hill is very cool. So I buy more tokens from apartments in Notting Hill. Finally, you will have the chance to have the income to just say, okay, the income of my NFTs, I will take this as a rent. So you have a reoccurring revenue for yourself, just collecting small packages of tokens in Nottingham. So you can easy, you know, like you collect your Bitcoins or something, you're buying and selling. You can do the same with apartment tokenizations. And from the rewards of selling them, you get your money back. So it's like NFT flipping, but for for uh, real estate. So, do, Patrick, do you have anything you wanted to add? Only one sentence. Uh, to, to me, it's so that that's like the most powerful thing about crypto, because you take the things which are at the moment not accessible to everyone, right? I, I can't invest into real estate as a regular person right now. And I couldn't invest into stocks 50 years ago if I didn't have a lot of money. Um, but now and I the banker who is doing it for you. Huh? Yeah. You need a banker that allows you to invest yeah. in stocks. Exactly. And today I can invest into stocks by just downloading an app, right? It takes like five minutes to do it. And I want to see the same thing happen with every single asset out there. I want to be able to invest into real estate by just putting in $100 with an app and yeah. with an NFT. And that's, that's where we are headed. So NFTs and, and tokens and crypto is about decentralizing decentralization and demo democratization mm -hmm. of uh, of like the things that are previously only accessible to like rich people yeah 100% now last question some uh, some of the financial fox community member ask uh, is the nft 
going to have another NFT market going to have another bull run next year. Yes. Or, you know, the, yes. Okay. Okay. So because the way We talked about the future because we will fractionalize Picasso, Monet, we will fractionalize everything and people will flip and invest. I think we will go away from the from the ape pictures, I think. Okay. Now, I don't know if there's a next bull market, but the real bull market will start when people or when the governments give us the really possibility to tokenize real world asset in a compliant way. Then okay. it will be full speed on NFTs. And you can't stop it then. Then it will be like an explosion in a positive way. Brilliant. Patrick? I completely agree with what, what, uh, what Tim said. I, I, I do think that we might have like a, a degen market as well <laughs> at some point. Like because degen, you mean like, like collection, like PFP yeah, collection? Like, collectibles. like uh, because, you know, it goes up and goes down and there are like meme coins and then there are NFTs and then there are meme coins again and so on. So that will happen, right? That might happen. But that's not what we need or what we are working towards. We're working towards solving actual problems with NFTs. And, and once this happens, it's way more important than just having another bull market for the next, uh, you know, collectibles, basically. Yeah. You know what I like when I'm talking to people from, uh, you know, building on Cardano is actually they they are trying to do something. They are real people. They've got morals. They they have got mission. And uh, yeah, they're working on something that is um, valuable. And, you know, you is something not so uh, common in crypto, right? You have all these cool projects. They are all about speculation. But, you know, when I have <laughs> conversation with people in the Camiano community, it's always about we try, really, we are trying to do something. We are not trying to scam you. And uh, that's nice. Uh, I think uh, the Cardano community is really a nice community for people to build on. So that's that a feels good, Patrick. Huh? That feels good to hear it. Yeah. Because we don't have these much people out, out of other blockchains in our economy. We work with people from uh, Polkadot. Uh, IOTA is very nice people, but, uh, you know, we don't know the community very well. You know, the community of yeah. Cardano, we know very well. And they're also, you know, like everywhere, a little bit of drama and gossip and stuff oh, like this. Yeah, like right, but always everywhere. And if there's more emotions, I think that is how you describe Cardano. There are a little bit more emotions. Sometimes there's a little bit more drama, you know, but <laughs> sometimes this is also the fun. If you just go up helicopter view and look down a little bit and say, come on. We work together. This is what I think in Cardano. People really, if they can do something together, they try it. And I think this is, uh, it's very good because you see also in the real world, if people, good companies join forces, they create something incredible usually. Well, I have to say thank you so much for coming on the show. And we, we have now answered all the 10 questions. It was such a pleasure to have you on. I hope that your know, team Uh, we can have you on with Patrick again when we are going to discuss, uh, you know, the, the fast car that the Italian, they couldn't drive because it's too fast. And we can have <laughs> an update on, uh, you know, uh, VNFT discussing uh, your next project. It will be a pleasure to reveal this news then with you, what it is, who it is. We have a famous, famous guy who is with us, you know, then. And um, for sure, we do it with you. It's always a pleasure to that you are you are beautiful cool uh, host it's nice to be with you thanks a lot thank you thank you so much